What's going on, y'all? You are now tuned into the Gridiron Guys podcast with your boy Sean Pesos. And your boy Russ Digi. Ah, victory, man. No. It, smell, <laughs> it smells great around here. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. That's a good game, bro. I didn't see the shit coming. I picked my squad, but I did not see that coming. I saw it coming. Like the the not not the win in the way that it happened, mm-hmm. but I could feel like it felt like the the stereotypical trap game. Like it was like, okay, y'all know, and even Shanahan knew. He said, "Look, man, this is gonna be their Super Bowl, so we got to come and play like it's our Super Bowl." And then I look, and then I see all those people that's not playing, and I'm like, "All right, but we still should beat them." But the reason why we lost. I can't I can't even get mad, man. Like it's Julio Jones. Listen, man. First off, Kyle Shanahan pissed me off with that. It's our Super Bowl shit. Like we just some scrub ass team. Yeah, we had a bad year, but we ain't no scrubs. <laughs> Don't disrespect this guy that now. Come on. <laughs> this is the one time I can say a team is not their record. Yeah, I agree. And that's and it's not even me being a homer saying that. Everybody's saying that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I said it on a couple of episodes that it's just baffling to see that level of talent and then their record not be what it is. And then when I watched them play us, you know what the worst part about that game was if I was a Falcons fan? It ain't my offense. It's, it's how defense coming to play. play. Your defense came to play like, yo, we can really play football. I'm like, man, these hoes don't sit out somewhere like <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is going on? So yeah, man, it was a good game, though. I um, that one played the hooper. I was pissed when they called it a touchdown. I'm like, y'all tripping, you know what I mean? Yeah, but they reversed it though. No, nah, true indeed, they did reverse it, but you you can't count on that. And true. so um, the Julio Jones play, I just had to go ahead and tip my hat off. Like I saw it, and I was like, nah, man, please don't let them gotten in, cause you know it was so such a bang bang play. Right. But you know how that is, man. The tip of the ball crosses the plane. That's a touchdown. So as soon as they showed the first replay, I was like, well, that's it. Bruh, they said the game is over. I'm like, wait a goddamn minute. You're not going to replay the touchdown? Wait I, a minute. Hold on. I didn't even want that joint like that, dog. Like, if they would have robbed y'all, I wouldn't have wanted it like that. I'd have been highly upset. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted it like that. I thought that win was stupid for y'all, but I respect it, though. I mean, but you can't ask a professional player just to lay down and lose. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. I, that's why I said it's it's unfortunate. Like, you got to come and play to win. But you're talking about floating around with teams like the Redskins are 3-10, and 10, um, the, the Dolphins are 3-10. and 10. Yeah, we shouldn't even be in that group of teams. And it's like you just went from, what is it? You have 4-9 to 5-9? and nine? Right. That bumps you out of, like, maybe the top 10 in draft picks. Oh, no. We, we got the 12th pick as of Monday. And which is crazy because you don't want that. That's the dumbest place to be to have a bad season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a bad yeah, season it, you want the top 10. Yeah, but as I was discussing with somebody, like, just because you have a top 10 pick don't mean they're going to play, like, a top 10 pick player. Well, that's what your scouts are for. Your scouts got to learn how to pick people. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you can pick a short thing and then that turn out. 
Depends. I think that's position-based, but that's a different type of conversation. Like, say, for instance, if you look at the top two picks right now, uh, prospects, if you look at Joe Burrow and Chase Young, Chase well, Young's going to be more of a surefire bet than Joe Burrow. I heard that Chase Young ain't even coming out. I heard he's uh, sure he staying is. another year. I heard he was talking that mess, but that boy's a damn fool. He don't come on now. He, I don't know, man. What? He don't necessarily have to come out now, though. Yo, if you don't come out. You tell me when that's worked for somebody. Oh, no, it's never worked at <laughs> all. It's never worked. Oh, you right. can go back and get injured. Yeah, but, I mean, not on top, on top of that. Like, when you have that college football buzz and you're eligible to go pro, it's very rare that you keep that same buzz. Right, unless you kill the season that you had. But even still, it's hard to keep that buzz. Like, you look at people like Matt Liner who tried to pull that off. Or you think about Jadavian Clowney, even when he wasn't eligible. Like, after he made that big hit, that whole next season he came out, it was like, I'm going pro, so it don't even matter. And he didn't even live up to that hype. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those funny things where I kind of feel like when you're drafting, you just kind of got to look at who's the best available player, even though they always try to say they're, they're addressing needs for the team and things like that. Sometimes you might just come across a, a stud. You got to take that player. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was you, most definitely true. Because, I mean, revisit a couple of these drafts, right? You mm-hmm. say Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. A lot of people look at those picks after, you know, the success that they had, like when Carson Wentz almost had an MVP season or Jared Goff, you know, made that Super Bowl run. A lot of people looked at, looked at them like they were worth it, right? But they were taking number one and number two. Dak was taken in the third round. Those mm-hmm. both of those guys are making over 130 million dollars, like contract wise. And Dak is still underpaid for what exactly. he does. So the true value is in Dak, as opposed to all the people that took D lineman early. You look at Miles Garrett, worked out. I mean, I know he hit somebody in the head with a helmet this year, but if you look at his sack numbers, that thing was working out. He's Joe- one of the bright spots on that team. Right. You got Joey Bosa. You got Nick Bosa. Those were the surefire bets that even if you didn't like that particular player and the buzz that they were getting, as soon as they got in the league, it's instant production. And so that's kind of how I look at it. You know, what's going to give you production as opposed to rolling the dice? Yeah, speaking of rolling the dice, it's time for the Falcons to roll the dice and get Dan Quinn out of here. Man, I was looking into that, man, and it's kind of interesting, right? You look at the whole situation. Okay, tell me as an outsider how you see it. Okay, so this is how I look at it. Y'all made it to a Super Bowl, right? Correct. Blue said Super Bowl, by the way. Did you say what? I said Blue said Super Bowl. Super Bowl. That's historically. That's neither here nor there because at the end of the day, man, you want to be in the game. You want to be in the fight, right? It's, It's a lot cooler saying I went to the Super Bowl. Than, and lost than it is to say we ain't made it to the Super Bowl. No, no, no but see, people, see, see, that's, that's that's where it's different because you're an outsider. No, I y'all went to the saying. Super Bowl, y'all barely lost. It we were up twenty five. It doesn't matter though, because at the end of the day, what it does from your franchise is it gives you a certain level of exposure, and as a fan, it gives you a certain level of happiness throughout the season. Like no matter how doo-doo that Super Bowl was and how bad you felt after y'all lost that. Your entire season that year was great. 
was. There's times that season I was still pissed off. I, yeah, can, I can name specific games where I was pissed off. But, but I'm just I, saying, I hear you. I'm saying overall, you you were way more happier in that season than you are this season. Correct. That's all I'm getting at. And a lot of franchises experience what you're experiencing this season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, constantly. You're right. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, if you look at it, he's 41 and 37 in his career. Mm-hmm. Last year was the worst season he had with y'all, and y'all were seven and nine. Mm-hmm. Y'all are. Um, if y'all went out, y'all could be seven and nine again. At worst, five and eleven. And if you split six and ten, mm-hmm. is that enough to fire Dan Quinn? In my honest opinion, okay, I would say no. If you look at the totality of his work, if okay. you're looking at the "what have you done for me lately" approach then yes, you could, but that's not even, like, the worst of the worst. Like, seven and nine is like, damn, I, I tried. I, I, we did a decent job. We couldn't put it all together, but if I can tweak a couple of things and get some of those losses to flip the wins, you know, a four-loss a four loss changeover turns you from seven and nine to 11 and five. True. And it's not hard to do if you tweak it. So obviously there's some kind of structure in place. But I will say this, if there is a coaching candidate out there that looks like he's ideal, I'm not mad at the Falcons rolling the dice. If they fire Dan Quinn for the sake of firing Dan Quinn, I don't agree with that. Okay. Well, I see it a little differently because I'm on the inside. Okay. Yes, we made that Super Bowl in 2016, but we regressed ever since. With basically the same team. Can I interject? Go ahead. Every team that loses a Super Bowl regresses. All right, carry on. <laughs> Outside of the Patriots, correct. Outside of the Patriots, but we don't talk about the Patriots as like the norm. But right. pretty much every other team that loses in the Super Bowl, they regress. You're right. But he chose an offensive coordinator who wasn't prepared for the job. Okay. Wasted two seasons with that. Okay. Like, even like, harking back to 2017, when we played Philly in a divisional, mm-hmm. we could have won that game had we had a competent offensive coordinator. Okay. We didn't. And then 2018, he regresses even more. Like, it was certain games I watched the last season where I would count the number of tall sweeps he would do, and it would be like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Per game, and it would get us nowhere. How much of that do you put on Dan Quinn, though, knowing that he's not an offensive guy? I put it on Dan Quinn partly because he signed off on it. Okay. So you don't accept the fact that that's just a deficiency of his, no matter what. He's kind of got to just get lucky in that regard because that's not his side of the ball. I feel that with enough football-minded people in that building, they should have done a little more research and waited a little longer to get an OC. We could have gotten someone else that was more qualified for the position. Okay. I mean, I can respect it because, I mean, it's not like you're you're wrong in, in the choice not being the correct choice after losing Kyle Shanahan. But my, my thing is I kind of feel like offensive, uh, offensive-minded head coaches get the benefit of the doubt for having poor defenses like Sean Payton and Andy Reid. 
Like, it's just a given that they're such geniuses at football that, okay, we can have piss-poor defenses and they get away with it. But if you're a defensive-minded coach, you know, if you got kind of like a poor offense, it's it's the same thing to me. That's not really his fault. Yeah, but then he's a defensive guy, and our defense, Sands last year with all the injuries, was yeah. completely and utterly trashed this year, the first beginning of half of the season. And he yeah. was at the helm. I can't, I can't, I can't defend that. <laughs> so it's like if you're a defensive guy, like you say you are, the conductor of the LOB, and we got pretty much the same type of setup, and your defense plays like that. But as soon as you switch defensive play calling duties to two other people and they perform, that's saying you're not doing your job. I'm like, so what are you here for? Nah, that that's a good point. I mean, in some situations, the defense has to get on a roll, and if they start off slow and they're getting put behind the eight ball because the offense isn't producing, it could just have a snowball effect. But at the end of the day, he is responsible for making that because that's what he's good. He's getting, supposed to be good at. Right. Okay. So I don't like to see a man fired, but I think we need a new voice. An offensive-minded voice that can, you know, put our offense in a great position. And then keep what we got going on defense and have them take care of that. Because that's that's working as of right now. Yeah, I respect it. So that's my take on that. I don't think he should stay here. Okay. But yeah. Happy we got the W though. Saying all that. I just to just to really put a cap on on what I thought about the game more mm-hmm. so than anything, we always have a problem with beast and wide receivers. Like, that seems to be our kryptonite. And if we play any type of receiver that has any name, that dude has a big day against us. Really? You know, yeah, man. Michael Thomas killed us in that game. Julio See, Jones- Michael Thomas is... The, the guys you're talking about are different be- different breeds. But that's what I'm trying to say. If you got a name, right? Like, for our defense, right? Our defense is supposed to be number one, number two in the league, Right. Right. So if you're playing the number one, number two defense in the league, and granted, we didn't have Richard Sherman in this game, but if you're playing the number one, number two defense in the league, you expect them to at least pad those stats down a little bit. You know, Michael Thomas can get, you know, six receptions for 79 yards. You know what I mean? He ain't got to go off for, like, a buck 50. Julio Jones, what does everybody always say about Julio Jones? Man, Julio be killing, but he don't score a lot of touchdowns. Fool got two touchdowns on us. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and that's no disrespect to Julio because he's super talented. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's not like I, I'm taking it as a slight to these guys. I'm just saying, like, that is a key to watch out for when we play certain teams in the playoff. You got to be careful. But if I'm thinking about the playoff landscape in the NFC, it's only, what, one major receiver that's left that will be in the playoff race? Michael Thomas? You got Michael Thomas. You have... If Devontae Adams is healthy, I feel like Devontae Adams could be a problem. Now, I don't feel like Green Bay is a problem, so I'm not going to sit up there. That's like a different that's, – that's tossing hairs because on one hand, we kind of just own Green Bay, so it's a contradiction to, like, my whole, uh, my whole argument. But I do feel like a good receiver like Devontae Adams could get off of us. But you're right, outside of – oh, in Minnesota. Yeah, but we don't know if Thielen's playing one minute. Or you still got to worry about Diggs. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got to worry about Diggs because if you got half a name, you're going to have your good name day on us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we shutting down the dope running backs. Like, 
Alvin Kamara, we he was nothing on us. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. it's running backs that we don't let get off, but the receivers we have. A but time. then again, you got to look like you like, like we said last week. You didn't have half your defense. Yeah, man, but I don't like making excuses because schematically you could do better than what we what we were doing. But yes, we did not have a lot of players on defense. We didn't have Richard Sherman. We didn't have Kwan Williams. We didn't have Jaquaski Tart. We didn't have D Ford. You know, we were hurting. So, but that's not the reason why we lost that game. We lost that game because Atlanta came to play with that defense, and Julio Jones was Julio Jones. Okay. I'm going to give props to George Kittle. Like, I know you've been telling me all season he was a beast, but until yeah. I've seen it up close, I was like, yo, this dude is damn near unstoppable. Yeah, he's straight raw, bro. I'm like, yo. All day. Because that's what it is, man. If you just looked at his numbers, it's like, okay, those numbers, okay, they cool, you know what I mean? But when you watch him play and the amount of yak he gets, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. He's a more physical hooper in yeah. my eyes. Yeah. He's so he definitely earned my respect because he was running through us like, <laughs> like Swiss cheese. I'm like, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's how he is, man. Uh, y- y'all want to tackle him, boy? Or what? Like, nah, you ain't tackling me, B. Look, man, he put my safety into the grass, bro. Yes, like, sir. I seen it. I seen it. I'm like, yo. <laughs> I, I saw it. It was check crazy. This, check this dude with PEDs, man. Bro, he beast it. And you know what's so ill about him is he brings his wrestling fan persona. To football, so it's kind of like you can see. You know how, like, when you watch wrestling, it's like a tough as nail sport. Like people mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, wrestling scripted? It's fake." Like the script is fake. The the physicality is the bumps wrong. and bruises are not fake. Yeah, that's one hundred percent real. And he brings that type of physicality to football, which is fun to see. You know who else brings physicality to football? Who's that brother? That boy Adrian Peterson. Nah. <laughs> Well, he used to anyway. Nah, he's no, nah, he's official, man. That's a that's a different type of animal, there, man. The reason I bring up AP is because he tied Walter Payton's touchdown record this past weekend. Yep. With a hundred and ten of them things. Yeah. Now he's a touchdown machine, man. And to do that in today's NFL, and the era he came in, is crazy. It definitely is. I remember watching him at Oklahoma before. They got on the whole train about him being one of the best, and I thought, like, this dude is phenomenal. Like, I haven't seen uh, a more complete running back when it comes to power and speed mm-hmm. than um, than Adrian Peterson because some of most of the running backs they either have that power and they're a little slower, or they have that speed and they're not tough. But he was the one where it was it was both. Right, you know, it was a balance. It was a it was a crazy balance, and it was it was it was high on both. So definitely props to AP for for uh, breaking that milestone. I believe I, he'll, I believe yeah. he'll move in the third. He'll move past Walter Payton after this past weekend. It's a possibility, man. With the Redskins, you never know, man. That's true. You never know. That's true. But it was definitely cool to see like some of these these guys that are at the end of their career stacking numbers up, man. You know, you can that's how you get your appreciation when you're still playing, you know. Yeah, like a Frank Gore. Mm-hmm. Like yes. a Drew Brees. Yeah. Definitely. So. Speaking of Drew Brees. Yeah, you brought him to my attention earlier. As much as I hate to talk about this guy, I have to respect everything he's done. 
the whole thing with Drew Brees to me, man, is it's always been funny because I always liked Drew Brees more than I liked Peyton Manning, right? Mm-hmm. I was the guy that didn't care for Peyton Manning. And my main primary reason for not caring for Peyton Manning was because of how he showed up in the playoffs. But it took a long time for the media to catch on to that narrative. Like, that narrative, it was going that Peyton Manning was the best. Peyton Manning was going to go down as the best ever. And it took a really long time for people to realize that. And I think the moment they realized it is when Drew Brees took that Super Bowl from him. You know? Uh, we're not going to talk about that because yeah, I'm going to say some some uh, foul things behind that, so I'm not going to say anything. Man, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, man, listen, Drew Brees comes to every game trying to play his best and putting up crazy numbers. Oh, he does. And he may not have, you know, the best game every time, but you can count on most of the situations where it's a big game, he ain't lose it. Unless you try to go to the Super Bowl, then he'll lose then. But he no, but he didn't lose it for you. you oh, but he that? threw a pick. But that wasn't no real pick though. So what was it? I mean, you can't be mugging nobody, man, and then catch the ball. <laughs> did did he not throw the pick? Nah, I'm not uh, one of those. I'm not one of those interception guys. Like if you threw a pick, I need to see you throw that joint to another person. If the receiver gets mauled or the receiver gets holed up or if the receiver taps the ball and it goes to somebody else, you ain't throw that pick, in my opinion. It's an mm. interception, but you didn't throw that pick. Mm, moving the goalpost a little bit. No, that's how I treat every quarterback. <laughs> I respect I it. Quarterback. I respect it. I'm just being a little hater. Nah, nah, for real, because I, I feel like it's one of those empty stats where, you know, you get credited for having an interception and that interception was tipped by a guy who was supposed to catch the ball. Like, come oh, on. Oh, like Matt Ryan all last season. Exactly. I don't get those picks to Matt Ryan. Like, I promise you, anytime I watch a game and I see it myself, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and you throw, like, a pick or you threw two picks and I see a, both times you threw a pick, it hit somebody's hands, you know, I'm not going to sit up there and say, oh, okay, that was on the QB, you know. That's just an unfortunate play. I respect it, but... If you don't know, Drew Brees broke Peyton Manning's touchdown record. That's why we brought those two guys up back-to-back like that. Indeed. So, now there's a discussion that my brother brought to his attention, to my attention. Is Drew Brees top five all time? Mm Mm-hmm. And if not, then who is in there? Mm Mm-hmm. Is he top five all time, in my opinion? (laughs) No, I'm not even not even being a hater or anything. Just looking at what he's done. Okay. A couple of five thousand yard seasons, breaking touchdown records, accuracy records. He's definitely top five. I have to give him his credit. There we go. I I I, I hate him because he's a saint, but being a fan of football, I have to pay my respects. Yep. Because yep. I mean, in the game he went twenty nine for thirty. Crazy. Which is insane. Yep. That man sat up there, went 29 for 30, set a completion record, like highest completion percentage record with attempts. Um, Again, he passed Peyton Manning's touchdown record. He already passed his yardage record. And you're looking at this whole thing like, at the end of the day, if he's able to play like two more years or three more years, 
this guy could sit up here and approach 80,000 yards passing total, and he could get close to 600. Both you know what's crazy? He started playing back when the league was still, you got to have a running back, you got to have a tight end. It wasn't so pass happy. Mm-hmm. So for him to, you know, cross this mark mm-hmm. through these errors is, you know, that's something to something to tip your hat to. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he doesn't have the hardware that he should probably have. Um, it's crazy because you look at how close he was in several circumstances to possibly go to the Super Bowl. You know, he lost to us in the NFC Championship one time. He lost to the Vikings in the NFC Championship. He lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship. You say that Drew Brees had four Super Bowl appearances with two rings, or if he had four Super Bowl appearances with three rings or four rings, he would easily be considered top five. Right. Now, my contradiction to saying that he's top five is to say this. I'm more of a person who likes to compare errors because I kind of feel like a lot of the rules are um, are different for certain people. And so while I may say that Drew Brees is top five, I also am the person that doesn't necessarily believe that Tom Brady is the GOAT. I just believe he's the best of his generation. Oh, I don't subscribe to that Tom Brady GOAT thing either. I think the main thing about it is his physical ability wouldn't have been able to sustain the hits that they were allowed to give you in the past. That's my biggest thing with him. It's not really his production. It's more so of a toughness thing that these other QBs had to go through. You know, when you talk about Joe Montana, when you talk about Dan Marino, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Jim Kelly, Brett Favre, all those people got smacked by some of the greatest defensive linemen and linebackers you've seen. But... Tom Brady was afforded the ability to not get hit like that. And why even had rules changed in his favor. Exactly. Exactly. And while you look at Drew Brees playing in that same era, the one thing that you can say about Drew Brees is he has the numbers to say, okay, even though I'm playing in this era where we're not allowed to get hit, my numbers are so astronomical that you have to show me some respect. They, they, I believe once his career is actually said and done, they will. I don't I know if they'll too. put him as the GOAT, but they'll give him his flowers. I agree, too. But for him, I think the only way for him to really solidify it is to make it to the Super Bowl this year. Okay, so say they make it and he doesn't win. Does that validate him? Yeah, it validates. I feel like in football, you can be validated in the Super Bowl loss. Um, when we look at the wide receivers... Um, that have played in this game, you know, some of the greatest outside of Jerry Rice, they never won a Super Bowl. Randy Moss, T.O., Larry Fitzgerald, Chris Carter, you know what I mean? It's a lot of people. Steve Smith. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Steve Smith, Steve Largent, you know what I mean? A lot of those people, Antonio Brown, you know, a lot of those people never won a Super Bowl, but their greatness isn't necessarily just measured in the regular season either. If you had good playoff moments and you had a sustainable career, then, you know, a lot of people show you that deference and that respect. That's true. So sometimes appearances will help. Nothing will put anybody over Tom Brady but Super Bowl rings, but you could definitely, you know, you could definitely get your respect. 
Honestly, with me, I put Joe Montana before Brady. Well, I do too because I sus- I subscribe to the Jordan theory. You know, Jordan has less rings than you know Bill Russell and other players, but Jordan was undefeated. You know, what I'm saying same thing with Joe Montana. Joe Montana was undefeated. You know, right. and when you look at Brady, Brady got six. Brady lost some, and Brady cheated. So at the end of the day, <laughs> oh boy, did he! He's the best in his era, but he has definitely benefited from cheating, rules changes, and things of that nature. So you just got to take it take it for what you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of rules changes and the league changer, mm-hmm. I was informed today by our guy, Chi, that uh, Skip Bayless went on a rant about Dak Prescott. Yes. And how he's top five in passing yards currently? Yes. And how he doesn't have a vote for the Pro Bowl? Yes. Now, me, myself, I'm like, oh, this is just Skip being Skip. Mm-hmm. But you brought it to my attention that he has a valid argument. Mm-hmm. So, if you're top three in yards... Yeah, and you're pretty high on the touchdown list, and you don't have a Pro Bowl vote. Mm-hmm. What is that saying about the NFL? Does Dak not have a big enough name to get that respect? Yes. Because Pat Mahomes is getting that respect. Mm-hmm. As far as passing goes, Lamar Jackson doesn't have those numbers, but he's basically the MVP. Mm-hmm. If Aaron Rodgers put up those kind of numbers, he'd be, oh, he's the hands down mm-hmm. the nicest this season. Russell Wilson is getting more respect than Dak is, and they're putting up similar numbers. Right. So what does that say about the NFL when it comes to these quarterbacks? I mean, I think the biggest thing is Dak is in his own uh, in his own space, right? Dak is kind of like, uh, he's like a mixture of the new Kirk Cousins and the old treatment of the black quarterback, right? So right now, there's been, like, undeniable love for the black quarterbacks, and the black quarterbacks have been shining through, but he's one of those people that get left left out of that mix. He's one of those people that puts up a lot of numbers, a la Kirk Cousins, but people don't respect the numbers that he puts up. Um, He doesn't have the contract to back him. He doesn't have the fanfare to back him. So it just kind of leaves him in a limbo, like, you know? And Which is weird because he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He's supposed to be the most coveted position in football. You right. think he would have a bigger fan base. But see, the thing about it is, what happened when Tony Romo started to climb up? They paid him immediately. True. J- Jerry Jones' doubt in Dak Prescott by not giving him a contract is what puts doubt across the nation. You know what I mean? And so that's that's going to be a big thing insofar as the stature of Dak Prescott. Because what happens when players get contracts, people dig into their numbers to justify the contracts. And when you dig into his numbers, there's nothing wrong with his numbers. Absolutely nothing wrong with his numbers. Now, what's funny right now is when you look at the top five QBs in the league from a passing standpoint, it's basically Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, Phillip Rivers, Jared Goff, and Matt Ryan. Now, the majority of those teams are missing <clears throat> the playoffs. 
all of them except Dak. Well, the Rams still have a shot, so they're not technically eliminated yet. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, if they lose, they they're definitely done. But I would still have a mathematically, mathematically have a chance. You, but they're asking, they're asking the Vikings to lose and then get help. Because the Vikings are sitting there at ten and four, and everybody else is eleven and three. You know what I mean? So worst case scenario is the Rams will have to win out, and other teams will have to lose strategically. In addition to the Vikings losing two games, which they have one against the Packers where they're playing for the division, and then the other game I believe is they play the Bears. You know what I mean? I don't really see it, but yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and say that they have a possibility. But if the playoffs started today, the only team that would make the playoffs would be Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. And they're seven and seven. And so what what it tells me now about the league and the state of the league is that it's more about balance than it is being heavily quarterback driven. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's not quarterback driven because of the play. It's quarterback driven in the aspect of how they manage the game. It's not necessarily stats-based. Lamar manages the game different from Pat Mahomes, who manages it different from Drew Brees, who's a little different than Aaron Rodgers, who's different from Jimmy Garoppolo, who's different from Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? So those are the people that are right now looking with extreme success from a win-loss record, but they may not necessarily have the passing yards of a Jameis Winston or Phillip Rivers or somebody like that. Some of that ties in the scheme, too, because... Dak's not the number one option on that team, even though he is the quarterback. Right. Zeke is like, give it to Zeke, and that's how we're going to win this thing. But that's how they win, but they haven't been necessarily playing like that. And that's why they have so many losses, in my opinion. Right. It plays into it, but speaking of uh, losses, Mm -hmm. they cannot sustain a loss this coming Sunday. No. It's it's, It's a lot of... There's a lot of serious uh, games this week. It is. But that is probably the real one. That's the that's the playoff game. That's the playoff game for their division or the play-in game for their division. Which, it, 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 it disgusts me because maybe I'm being a little bitter uh-huh. because my team's not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I'm just looking at the NFC East like none of those teams are even – you know, they don't look like they should be in the playoffs. They're just going to be there by happenstance. Right. It's like, oh, we're, we're not the worst team, so we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, you have other teams like my team who can, you know, had a, like you said earlier, had a couple of games going the other way, we'd be fighting for a playoff spot. Exactly. But, I mean, it shakes out like that sometimes, man. It does. So I'm just looking at the NFC East like, and I've been calling it NFC East all season. Like, why is this division even a thing? Mm-hmm. Because the Eagles are garbage, the Cowboys are garbage, and then it's the Giants in Washington. Yep. So it's like, who's ever not the most trash is going to make it? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a it's a crazy situation. This is one of those years where you can clearly see that the division is trash. But usually, sometimes they're able to mask it with a nice little ten and six or eleven and five record. But that comes with, you know, early success. 
they start off six and two, lose a game here, lose a game there. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, okay, they're a solid team. But because of the fashion that they've they've lost, like the Cowboys having two, three game losing streaks in the same season, it just goes to show you that they're not, you know, well put together. And to be honest with you, whoever that fifth seed is, they're lucky, you know. It's either going to be us or Seattle, more than likely, you know. And uh, that's a good playing game. The only thing you lose in that is not having home field advantage. Which, the way they've been playing at home, both of those teams, it really wouldn't matter anyway. Right. Because they've both gotten blown out at home. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, I'm saying, like, after that. So, like, say, for instance, I'm I'm a Niners fan, so if we were to happen to get the fifth seed and you say we're playing the Cowboys, cool. You know, from a historical standpoint, I ain't like the Cowboys growing up, no way. So beating up on them would be kind of cool. But then it's like after we win that game, you turn around and have to play, you know, the the higher opponent, depending upon what happens with the 3-6 game. Right. You know what I mean? Because they realign everything. So you end up playing like, I mean, we know who we end up playing. We end up playing Seattle on the road or the Saints, depending upon what happens with the Packers and the Saints. The Saints at um at the Superdome, tough games. And if you play the Packers at Lambeau, it's tough for a lot of teams, but it wouldn't be that tough for us. But, yeah. You don't think so? Nah, man. It's a way that we play the Packers that we kind of own them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when we're good, we beat the mess out of them. And when they're good and we suck, they beat us. But usually when we're good and they're good, we, we beat them, man. Like, it's not a problem. goes back to the Kaepernick days. You know, Kaepernick set a record on those guys. And during those regular season matchups in those two years, we beat the mess out of them. We played them earlier. The 38-7, to 37-8, I'm transposing numbers, but, yo, it was gangster, whatever it was. It was 30 to something single digit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I don't really fear them like that. Okay. I respect that. I respect that. You know who else I have to respect? I have to respect the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. As much as I hate to say it. My roots. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm going to sound like a hater this whole podcast. Hey, man. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I hated this entire episode. Yeah. But the Bills handled their business Sunday night. Had a big primetime game. It's basically a fight for who's going to be in the playoffs and who's not. Yeah. They came to play. Yeah, man. Even though the Steelers quarterback is complete and utter trash. Hey, they ain't got nothing to do with White Kaepernick. Josh Allen. Don't disrespect Cap like that. (laughs) That's White Cap, man, on the field, man, on the field. Nah, nah, man, nah, man. Listen, man. If I can't refer to Cap's play, then he need to stop trying to play football. That's White Cap, man. Boy, get busy. He just big, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> he is a big dude, man. I like that. And I was critical of him before. I still don't know if he's the answer for the Bills. But, I mean, he's doing his job. So many things to ask for the reason you don't believe in the Bills, right, mm-hmm. besides being in the area and just not believing in the Bills, mm-hmm. when you look at their team offensively, what weapons do they have that you would say, hey, i take that person for the South? None, actually. Exactly. 
That's how I look at the Bills. And truth be told, they have a former Falcon. They had Patrick DeMarco. And, and, and my thing is, when I look at Josh Allen, I say to myself, he's working with a bunch of people I don't even want on my team. And that's what makes me have such respect for him. And the Bills had to prove it to me. You know, they got six or seven wins deep before I was like, all right, man, shit, I'm going to just have to believe what they're showing me. And they haven't stopped yet, man. So I ain't, I ain't disrespecting them in the past month. I'm not about to start disrespecting them now. I'll, I'll be honest. I respect their defense way more than I respect their offense. It's funny because I agree, but we know that the defense is supposed to be the staple of that team because offensively, they're just depleted. They don't really have a lot of weapons. And so for them to make it work, the way they make, make it work, the offense is the part of the team that earned my respect. It wasn't the defense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the way I look at it is like this. If I'm entering the playoffs in the AFC, last team I'm trying to play is the Buffalo Bills because everybody's going to expect you to beat them. Right? They're going to say, oh man, Pat Mahomes, you should be able to beat the Bills. Tough game. Lamar Jackson, y'all already beat the Bills this year. You should be able to beat the Bills. New England Patriots, they're in your division. You should be able to beat them. And they play this week. So it's interesting because that's the team that you don't want to play. They're actually the boogeyman of the AFC. Who else is in that? Uh, It's the Pats, it's the Ravens, it's the Chiefs. Who am I missing? AFC North. The Texans division. Texans are the Titans. Texans. It's the Texans because I think that uh, they won last week, this past week. So in the, in the current playoff picture, is it the Texans or the Titans that's also the wild card? Like if one has the division, does the other team have the wild card? Well, the last time I checked, the wild card was it was the Steelers but and it the Bills for the last two wild cards. I don't think it can be them. I'm not. The, I'm not saying not the Bills, but I'm saying I don't think it could be the Steelers at this point, right? Because that pushes the Steelers to like eight and six. Actually, so, it is. I'm looking at the standings now. It is the Steelers still. Okay, so they hold serve over the Titans. Titans record. Yeah. Okay. Because they have the same record at the moment. Okay, because I was I was gonna say they the same record, but I, I guess they yeah they must hold a tiebreaker somehow some way. Because the Texans are the four seed. And yeah. then the Titans at a seven seed. Okay. So the Steelers just can't afford to lose a game, and the Titans, right? They have, they, one of them has to win out or hope for yeah. the other one to lose a game. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. But we'll, we'll, given all that, what I just said, we'll see how they play come Saturday because that's going to be a big test. I think the only thing that's going against them in that situation is the fact that people are acknowledging that the Patriots have a lot of flaws. You know what I mean? But outside of that, man, I I see them giving them a hell of a fight. I mean, they gave them a fight the first game, so I don't expect anything else. They ain't got cheated. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so we'll see, man. But shit, I'm looking at it. Say the Bills win this game? Yeah. That division's basically tied up. Yeah. It's and I don't know how it'll play from a conference win standpoint, but I know yeah. for a fact that the Patriots would have lost to all AFC teams. They'd have lost to the Bills, the Ravens, the uh, Texans, and uh, what's that other squad, bro? Was it the it was, was it the Chiefs? The Chiefs? I think it's the Chiefs. Yeah, that's who it was. 
pretty sure. Hold on, I can check. So we up here guessing and shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's who it was. But yeah, that, I don't know how that's gonna. Play. I've never seen that where a team is tied for the division. Well, it was and it would be tied for the division and tied head to head. So at that point in time, I believe it goes conference win before it goes like opponents. So mm. you lost if you lost more conference games than it would be conference losses. I should say. I believe okay. that breaks down. Yeah, I'm looking at the Patriots schedule now. They lost to the Ravens, Texas, and Chiefs. So we had it, right? Yeah, so that would be all AFC people if they lose to the Bills. I mean, it's already all AFC people, but let's just say they lose to the Bills. That would add to them having an AFC loss. Right. I don't know if the Bills lost to all AFC teams. I can't remember because I ain't been paying that close of attention. I haven't either. But, but if they tricked around and, and, and you know, only lost to, and lost to an NFC team, that would help them. Well, they lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Eagles. Okay. They lost so to the Browns, funny. and they lost to the Ravens. Yeah, that's what helps them is that Eagles lost. Yeah. Because the Eagles, the Eagles situation won't hurt them like it'll hurt the Patriots having four conference losses. Right. But the, given that situation, do you think the playoffs should be changed, the format of it? It's hard to say because it's an ever-changing thing year to year. I mean... Back in the day, we didn't even have two wild card uh, teams. We only had one, and I believe right. having two wild card teams made it super duper dope. Like that's the that's the illest way to do it is to have four division opponents and then saying, okay, even if we got it wrong, we got two people hooking it up. So now, if now that I say that we got all the teams that you should have or a certain amount of teams you should have, it's a matter of seeding and how you do seeding. My thing is, if you do get the benefit of, say, for instance, the Cowboys are playing in a, in a crappy division, you know, but you don't necessarily have the better record, in some ways it seems fair they just give it to the team with the better record. Mm-hmm. But everybody doesn't play the same schedule outside of, of the... Uh, of the, the conference. Division. Yeah, so, like, if I'm... Let's just say... My division is shitty, right? Right. But I play the best division in my conference. That should balance out. Or let's say I play, not only do I play the best division in my conference, but I also play a juggernaut in the AFC. That mm-hmm. should count. You know what I mean? So if you're going to do it that way, you're going to have to find a mathematical way at the end to weight your record which would make that whole process fluid and ever-changing, and that's kind of hard to do. Yeah, but there's going to be a snag somewhere because, say, our teams have like opponents, and we end up with the same schedule. I mean, the same record. Right. But my, I guess you can call it a strength of schedule. Mm -hmm. Mine was a little easier than yours. How does that go? And that's what I'm saying. You would have to find a way to weight it based upon those opponents. You would have to base it upon those records. You know what I mean? And whoever played the opponents with the best winning percentage, that team would win out in a tiebreaker situation. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about it. The Patriots have some of the easiest schedules year year in and year out. Exactly. That would play completely different. Exactly. That's what I mean. You know? And so it's tough to say that because... 
you know, you think about us, right? Let's look at the NFC for a second. Mm -hmm. So this is how crazy this is, just freestyle. I'm freestyling, right? So we beat the Saints. We beat the Packers. And we beat, um, and we lost to the Seahawks, okay? Mm -hmm. Seahawks beat us, lost to the Saints. I'm not sure they played the Packers. Uh, They haven't played the Packers. Okay. At least not yet anyway, I don't think. Saints. Of course, they lost to us, but they beat the Seahawks. And then the funniest part about it is Atlanta beat us and Atlanta beat the Saints. It's and weird. So, and so you have all these different teams. Like, it's a real serious, we beat y'all, no, we beat y'all, no, we beat y'all. Like, it's it would be so hard to try to figure that out. You know? Yeah, I mean? but then you turn around and look at a team like the Rams, who beat us, mm-hmm. but got you got beat by y'all. But beat the Saints. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but that's that's probably the reason why I always... And the Rams like, beat the Seahawks. They did. But lost to the Cowboys. Y- yeah. It's, it's wild. <laughs> See? So it's difficult to do it any other way. You know what I mean? Because once you start trying to wait those wins, man, those head-to-head matchups could trick everything because if you like this past weekend, y'all lost to us. We're not a playoff team. That how does that affect y'all going that, forward? That would be a heavyweight loss for us, but it also happened to the same. Right. When y'all are fighting for the top seed, both of y'all. Mm-hmm. And exactly. y'all got the tiebreaker over the same. So where does that play in? Like it's just wild. Yeah, so that but that's how it works for us. We own the head to head. We own the head-to-head with everybody except Seattle. So the only thing that we could do to help us in this situation would be to beat the Rams. And so, therefore, if we beat Seattle, we would have a better record than Seattle. And then once we have the better record with Seattle, since we won out, even if we had the same number of losses as the Packers, we beat them. So we're the number one seed. Even if we had the same number of losses as the Saints, we beat them. So we're the number one seed. You know what I can say though? On both both conferences, the division, the the playoff race is interesting. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely not. Oh yeah, these four teams are clearly the four best teams, and then it's like everybody else. Yeah, because I, I honestly feel like it's really a. I feel like it's a two team race in the AFC though. I mean, some people would say three, but I honestly think it's between uh, the Ravens and Mahomes. I was thinking the same thing because yeah, you, you throw the Patriots in there just because, but they're not the same Patriot team. No, and they're not, and they're not, they're not gonna have an easy, a easy road. No, you won't get a Texans team that's unprepared or, or a, a Chiefs team that hasn't been there before. That's why the Ravens have to be strategic and be super smart in so far as how they, uh, how they do everything with. Um, with how these- they play these last two. Yeah, because if they went out, they're good. Right. But in order to win out, you have to play your superstar quarterback, which is putting him at risk for injury for the playoffs. But you got to be strategic, man, because if you don't win out, man, you're gonna you're not putting yourself in a situation where you just don't have home field advantage. You want to put yourself in a position where the Patriots and the Chiefs have to duke it out. Right. You don't want to be part of that duking it out mix where you got to play both teams. Yeah, you want to you want the two strongest teams under you to knock one of them out so you can exactly. take advantage of them. One of y'all got to go, and I don't care which one it is. 
Right. But I ain't got to worry about beating the Chiefs and then going to play the Patriots. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, if I'm the Ravens, I want to be in that particular situation where I just chill. And that's the one thing about the Niners getting the number one seed, in my opinion, that's cool. It's like, okay, well, you ain't going to have to play everybody, and then whoever you got to play, regardless if it's the Seahawks, Saints, or Packers, they got to come to us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because going to Seattle and going to New Orleans is a tough place to win. It, it really is, man. It really is. It, it's not to be one of those things to be trifled with. Like, we could do it, sure, but it's not ideal. It's not It's not the situation you want to find yourself in. But I will say this, man. Even though we lost to y'all, we did a damn good job with that gauntlet that we went through. You know what y'all I'm saying? Y'all definitely stood tall. Yeah, because that was a gauntlet we had, bro. And y'all were the first reprieve game that we had. Like, it was like all division. It was like Cardinals, Seahawks, Cardinals, Packers, Ravens, Saints. Like, what the, what the fuck is this? Like, that's, that's what I was talking about earlier in the season with this back-to-back-to-back-to-back division games. Like, that shit is tough. It is, man. It's, it really is. And I think we played the most playoff-tested schedule. But losing to the Falcons didn't didn't help us in so far as like having that argument. So hopefully we'll come back and everything's healthy and we'll be good to go. I hope they never do that back to back to back thing again. Like whoever thought of that, that was insane. Bullshit. Yeah. But Even though y'all got off on that shit. Yeah. When you beat the same. Yeah, but then we turned around and got smoked. Two weeks after that, so it really didn't. Yeah, really didn't help us too much, but. True. But it's turmoil in the Bay Area, and I don't mean San Francisco. Yep. Sad to say, mm-hmm. Oakland Raiders are no more. Nah, man. I ain't got no music for them, but sad. But I feel for the city of Oakland, man. Me too, man. Because this is the second time since I've been living, and I'm 32. Yeah. They, they, they've left the city of Oakland. Yeah, that's the craziest part about it is, you know, even when they were the Los Angeles Raiders, it was one of those things where everybody always talked about how, like, but they really the Oakland Raiders. And when they went back to Oakland, it was such a dope move. Like, you like, all right, they back in Oakland. It's going to be what it is, and that's it. And now they're going to Vegas. To Vegas, of all places. That's not even a football city. Nah, but it'll be one, no. Will it? Yeah, bro. Vegas has been clamoring. Vegas is one of those funny places, man. They're like Virginia, but except they got casinos and shit. Like, their (laughs) sports teams are basically college. Like, they don't have an NBA team. They don't have an NFL team. They don't have an MLB team. So by not having a professional sports team, your 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 state is starved for that kind of attention. You know what I'm saying? You're piggybacking off of everybody else's success. So, like, they piggybacking off of what teams are in Arizona or California or Oregon or Washington. You could be whoever you want to be in those in, the, in that area. But now that they have one, just one professional team of the major sports, it's going to be nuts. But those Raider fans in Oakland are a different breed, for better or for worse. Like, they played into the mystique of the Raiders. 
they can still make that trip. So you're not going to necessarily see like season ticket holders like that from Oakland. But what you will see is a lot of the black hole uh, faithful coming out there for like a game or two. You know what I mean? So I feel like the black hole is still going to be the black hole. And the black hole is going to have that mix of everybody, you know, who's still Raider fans, plus the new Vegas crowd, plus the people that are visiting. And they just want to catch a game because the NFL is a hot ticket. Well, I'm thinking about it geograph- uh, geographically. Vegas is, what, four or five hours from L.A.? Right. And L.A. is, what, seven hours from Oakland? Right. That's a long trip to be making. Well, it's a long trip to drive, but it's not necessarily a long flight. You know what I mean? You make it, because de- Vegas is a destination vacation spot, it makes all the sense in the world. And it's going to make all the sense in the world for other fans, too, right? So, like, you want to see your team, and you you got a wife, or you got a girlfriend, long-time girlfriend, or, you know, somebody special you want to do some shit with. Mm-hmm. You, you say, hey, you're a Falcons fan, so it works in your favor, right? Like, you could say, hey, babe, let's go to Atlanta and watch the game. And she'd be like, okay, going to Atlanta's cool, because after the game, we're going to do this, and before the game, we're going to do that. But let's just say you're like a... I don't know, man. You're a Green Bay Packers fan, and you live somewhere else. Like you don't necessarily get your team, get to see your team in that manner, but you could play in the ultimate Vegas trip if they're playing the playing the Raiders. And I think you're gonna get a lot of people that do that too. Probably. Like, I've never been to Vegas before. Yeah, I've never seen my team. I'm gonna make it a thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. You and know? what better place than Vegas? Right. Vegas, I get it. my team, and I get to gamble. Vegas, I'm about to have a bachelor party during the football season, and my team just happens to play there. It's gonna be epic. Like you know what I mean? It's 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 gonna be crazy. I get. It. I just man, I just really feel bad for Oakland, man, because I feel for Oakland like I felt for St. Louis. Well, I mean, you should. I mean, anytime a team loses a professional franchise, man, it's tough. It's tough on that city. You know, it's tough on that fan base, but but it's definitely tough on the city and the state. So I feel bad for Oakland, you know what I mean, for sure. But Oakland did Oakland and booed the Raiders out of the Coliseum, which they deserved because they got smoked. I mean, it's tough, man. It was bad. Emotions there, you know. It was bad. On one hand, you you rooting for your squad, but then they put out a ass product. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, you put out an ass product, and you gonna leave like at least win the last home game. Yeah, man, that shit's tough, bro. At least let me remember you being a winner. And, and it was a winnable game. I think if it wasn't a winnable game, I think the fans would have understood. But it was like, y'all playing the Jags. Come on, man, give us this one. They're like, nope. Like, nah, we're going to Vegas. It was just... Oh, damn. It's <laughs> crazy. And it's, uh, you know, I think, I think it's a lot of excitement uh, going to Vegas, man. I think the Vegas Raiders has a nice ring to it. You know what I'm saying? It's... It's going to be some shit, man. I, I feel like, for real, it's going to be crazy because the way that it's going to be marketed is going to be like never before. And it's honestly going to be sickening to some other fan bases. There's going to be some jealousy there. I'll have to... No, I'll, I'll have to get used to the Vegas Raiders. Like, I'm still getting used to the L.A. Chargers. I still call them San Diego every once in a while. That's because they ass and they got doodle full of rivers. But if they had somebody fire like Lamar, you'd be like, yo, the L.A. Chargers popping. No, nah, it ain't even that, man. It's just I'm that. Bad, bro. 
They've been in San Diego so long. That's what I'm so used to. Yeah, me too. But then the reason why is because that same old bastard was in San Diego with him. They get some new blood, bro. You, you, I mean, but shit, I feel like that about the Rams. When they left St. Louis. A little bit. Not as much. Well, no, because they they had a whole new breed. But and not only that, you don't even call the Rams the L.A. nothing or the St. Louis. You just be like Rams, Rams. But the Chargers always had that San Diego with it. Right. Just ass. It was like the Clippers in basketball. Don't like, bring oh, up the Clippers, yeah. man. They stole yeah. they stole a team from us. Don't bring them up. They're like, yeah, another team. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't bring up the Clippers. They stole a team from Buffalo, man. I ain't having that. A oh, man. What the fuck were they? The Buffalo who? They were the Buffalo Braves, and then they moved oh. to L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moved to San Diego. Damn. I mean, Virginia had a team. We were the Squires, but that was an ABA squad. True. And then y'all move to y'all move somewhere, but this ain't a this ain't a basketball podcast. You right, my bad. <laughs> Sports go crazy. Yeah, but uh, you know who else is going crazy? Unfortunately, it's Josh Gordon. Come on, man. You know what? I take that back. I don't want to say he's going crazy because I tend to believe he has some mental issues going on there that he needs to take care of. Yep. So he ain't gonna be able to take care of him in the NFL. No, and I honestly think this is his last stance with the NFL. Yep, because the skill set doesn't provide the effort that it's going to take to try to help him as a person. So hopefully the NFL and the NFLPA do something. But as far as an individual franchise, I don't think it's their responsibility anymore. It's just unfortunate, man. I just hope the NFLPA doesn't throw him to the side like, oh, he's a drug addict. We don't have any. He can't be in the league anymore. We don't have any more use for him. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Hopefully, it's not like that. You know, I don't, I don't really understand the logistics of it. You know, in that regard, but apparently he had substance abuse and PED issues. So this man just, he's all over the place, bro. But then again, with the PEDs, I could kind of see that because I've been out the game so long. I'm trying to keep from being injured, so I need a little help to keep me from being injured, so I can keep this job. But then again. You're trying to use PEDs to keep your job, but you're using substances that are illegal on top of the PEDs. So I don't know, man. Yeah, not only that. I mean, PEDs, it's funny style, man. You know, they treat you like you got to be a chemist, man. And at the end of the day, if you're messing with a particular trainer and he's saying, hey, man, this is a supplement. It's cleared on your list. You're just going to have faith in them. It's not like you're testing that shit under a microscope or running right. it through some kind of chemical litmus test. So you don't really know. So even in the PEDs, I can understand somebody failing a PED test and honestly being like, dog, I just took what my trainer was giving me. I had no clue. Like, I thought this was a vitamin or some shit. Yeah, like, for real. Like, they said it was a supplement to help me build muscle. They did not say that this shit was straight up, you know, PEDs or on the banned substance list. But then again, I, I, about to say, I was about to bring up the list. Like, don't... Doesn't every player get the list so they yeah, can you, know? You you get the list, bro, but you don't know the breakdown of your drugs. Like, That's so true. You go to the pharmacy, man. You go to the doctor. The doctor writes you a prescription. They give you some pills with a label on it. You are taking those thing, those pills with blind faith, like yo, I believe this is ibuprofen. All right, taking these pills for this, but this oh, yeah. is really all of this other shit underneath it. Yeah, you don't know until you know you take it and it don't feel like ibuprofen. So that's all. True. You know, true. but the other substances that just that taints everything. I, I don't really have a true defense for the man, so it's like, you know, what you gonna do? I don't have a defense for him either. I just want him to get help and be, you know. I mean, definitely a healthy human being after football is over. 
definitely. I mean, he's one of those people, man, like, you know, I'm not one of those guys that sit up there and I harp on um, different issues that people go on, go through in life as, like, an excuse. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, if you're going through mental health issues, if you're going through drug addiction or alcoholism, it's not that I don't have sympathy for you, but it's like I'm hard-pressed to believe a lot of people when they say that because mm-hmm. sometimes their actions don't line up with that. But he's one of those rare cases of where I always say his actions line up with that. It benefits him none to keep using drugs, right? It mm-hmm. benefits him none to drink. It, it's just no benefit at all. And for him not to be able to put that down for the thing he loves the most, it's evident that that is a real problem for that man. So I honestly wholeheartedly hope that he gets the help that he that he deserves. You know, I watched that documentary on the, um, it wasn't even that long. It was like 13 minutes on uninterrupted, maybe like two years ago or a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And he honestly just came out and was like, straight up, yo, I got a problem. You know, I can't, I, I can't do nothing but wish the best for that man or pray for that man. But I don't think the NFL is going to, you know, receive him back. No, I think it's a wrap. Yeah. Just like it's a wrap for Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> It should have been a rap for Eli Manning, man. You got to go out with grace, man. He did. I don't know. Sort of. Coming into this season, he knew what time it was. You know what I'm saying? And it would have served him to just go out on on a high note. I won't say on top, but on a high note. You know, when Tony Romo was battling with Dak Prescott and they were like, yo, we thinking about going with Dak. Tony shut that shit down. Like, boy, if we at this point, he got it. <laughs> I'm gonna go commentate and be my 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 dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be one of the best play by play callers in the game, and the world's gonna love me. He might be the best, keeping yeah. it a whole buck. Yeah, I mean the, the the best out right now for sure. Right. You know what I'm saying, and so I say the same thing with Eli. Man, Eli has a a dry personality, but it is it's definitely one that would be welcomed as an analyst. You know what I'm saying on one of these sports shows or a contributor, you know, and I feel like he should have done that once he realized they drafted Daniel Jones. Like, yeah, all right, player, we out. Retirement time. Nah, but he's probably like, yeah, they drafted this rookie, but I'm still the king around here. I'm still Eli. I got this franchise, two Super Bowls. Like, I'm Teflon around here. You know what I'm saying? They've been doo-doo. Like, the king of what? But respect. He got the look, man. The two Super Bowls saved his ass. I'm telling you. No, this, the two Super Bowls gave him a legacy for sure. But I'm just saying, everybody's legacy at the end is gonna be received differently. You know, everybody's not received like Frank Gore. Everybody's not being received like Adrian Peterson. You know what I'm saying? So Eli's not afforded that kind of luxury because he was never like a fan favorite. You know what I mean? Or his production wasn't justifying him staying there. I was about to say, his production is basically what t- caused everybody to turn on. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if I, if I look at it from that standpoint, man, that man should have retired before this season. He should have retired two seasons ago. Like, he led the league in interceptions two years back-to-back. Well, at I that give, point, I you should have been that, like... I give you that other year's a mulligan, though. Like, let's just say, hey, man, I think I still got it. <laughs> and then you realize you don't. All right, now you got to get up out of here. Yeah, but his get up out of here was like two years too late. Yeah, but you can be two years too late. This about to be three years, four years too late. True. 
True. But then again, you gotta put that on ownership. Like, yo, we're not gonna draft nobody. You still our guy. I mean, shit. From an ownership perspective, he made more money than you ever had to pay him by winning two Super Bowls. Yeah. So. Yeah. So out of ten jerseys in the crowd. Yeah, I mean, shit. Think about it. You got him. You draft Philip Rivers. Who won? Well. We're not going to go into the Philip River saga this week. I, I, I only yeah. brought him up because it, it pertains to that. Like that, it, it does. That was the trade. Like, you know, it definitely worked out in their favor. Yeah, we see this shit all the time. Like, Mike Vick got traded for LaDainian Thomas, like the pick did. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, how did that play out? Like, you know what I mean? It's the same situation. Right. And then I was talking to somebody today in my Falcons group, speaking to LT and Mike Vick. Somebody was like, if we didn't draft Mike Vick and we had drafted, say, a Drew Brees, where would this franchise be? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, there's no guarantee that he would have been Drew Brees he is today because for the majority of his career, he had Sean Payton by his side. Yeah, Outside I'm, of those years in San Diego. That's very true. But what you realize is, I always say this, in those scenarios, Drew Brees was going to be Drew Brees. You know what I mean? And so, at the end of the day, he was going to be some version of this guy. The results of his wins and losses may have been different, but he was going to be this player. And those type of players change franchises. Yeah, he might have been this player, but you also have to have the coaching personnel to allow you to be that player. To a certain extent, you're right, but that's when you start to get that coaching. Like, okay, let's look at it this way, right? Mm-hmm. Sean Payton being at, with the Saints, he wouldn't have stayed with the Saints if Drew Brees wasn't there. Like, right, he would have been a cowboy. You know what I'm saying? So say, for instance, if he does go to the Falcons, there's some offensive genius that would have eventually wanted to go there to be with one of the better players. Mm-hmm. And then that changes everything. You get what I'm saying? It's like people no, want to be a good. They would have gravitated towards him. Yeah, man. Like if you're if you're a good player, like if you're a, a once in a generation player or twice in a generation player, you know what I'm saying? It, it's gonna work out for you. What those results might be, maybe slightly better, maybe slightly worse, but you, the player, you're gonna be who you're gonna be. That's just my thought process. I respect that. You know what I'm saying? Respect that. But that was all what ifs, uh, what I talked about today. I mean, like, what else be fire? Because at the end of the day, when you didn't draft him, you saw what you were, you know? Yeah. And that's not that's not talking about the Falcons because you were able to get Matt Ryan. You had a Super Bowl appearance. So you can't, it's not like y'all are straight shit. No. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, like, you know, that other team did get what you were, what you were aspiring for. Right. So that's what's tough. Yeah, but that's the way the ball bounces sometimes, man. For sure. But uh, let's get to these picks. We've been on here for a little bit. For sure, bro. Think we didn't touch everything this week? I agree. So, first game of the week, the Texans at the Bucks. This is a trap game for the Texans, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it like this, man. When you When you get to the last two games of the season... You understand what your position is in the NFL and what you're trying to do. If you're making a playoff push, 
you need to play your best ball because you're going to have to play your best ball in two weeks anyway. So don't play no games. If you're already in the playoffs, you're trying to get in there and not be injured. Fortunately for the Texans, they're not in a position where they can rest on their lower laurels and worry about injury. So I feel like they're going to come out and they're going to play their best ball because they are already in the playoffs, basically. So right. I feel like they're going to win this game. I feel a little differently because I know Jameis Winston isn't the greatest quarterback. Nah, he's killing, though. That's what I'm saying. He's killing. And then the Texans' secondary is super-duper suspect. Mm-hmm. So that, with the right Jameis, is a bad combination for the Texans. And the Bucks are at home where they tend to play better. Well, the Bucks are at home and they tend to play better, and I honestly respect that. But Jameis going to give you some interceptions, and Mike Evans is probably not playing. I think he's, no, he's done for the year. Yeah, that's what I thought. So Mike Evans is done. And now it's just Godwin, and the Texans have something to play for. It's going to be interesting, but I feel like they could pull it up. Mm, you might have swayed me a little bit because I was going to pick the Bucks, but now that you put all that out there. I mean, just think about it. Like, if Mike Evans was there, we're talking something totally different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think Godwin is banged up, too. I don't think he's 100% little, either. He is a little banged up. He's going to go, but he I know he's a little banged up. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm changing my pick. I was going to go with the Bucks, but I'm going with the Texans on that one. I got to go with the logical pick. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with logic. All right, Jaguars at the Falcons. Well, I mean, in the article where I saw whether or not, you know, uh, Dan Quinn should be fired or not, but the basis of the article was can the Falcons save uh, Dan Quinn's job? Mm-hmm. And it looks like there's a concerted effort from Matt Ryan and some of the players on the, on that team. They're going to try to play for Dan Quinn, you know. And so from a talent standpoint, there's nothing that says y'all can't beat the Jaguars. So that's one more pick. Yeah, from a talent standpoint, we should beat the Jags. It doesn't matter where the game is because Jacksonville and Atlanta are like right there. True. So I'm not going to sit up there and even go home field advantage, whether you're playing in the Dome or whether you're playing in Jacksonville. It's strictly a talent thing and who has a purpose. And I feel like the Falcons have something to play for. Yeah, but then we tend to play worse at home than we do on the road, which is weird to me. I mean, respect. But if you're trying to save this man's job, one or two things going to happen. Either you're going to come up and play or you're going to suck ass and you're going to get fired. Well, you know what I'm hoping for? Well, I'll take that back. I'm not hoping for it because I don't want to see anybody unemployed, but it's time to make a change. But I'm picking my boys anyway. I agree. I'm rolling with the Falcons. So, Bills at the Patriots. I think this is one of the games of the week for me. Yeah. Because of what we uh, spoke on earlier. Those Saturdays are fire. Yeah. Those Saturday games. That's Texans, Bucks, Bills, Patriots, and then us versus the Rams. Do you know why they playing on Saturday? They always do that. Like the week before the last game of the season, they just they just throw some Saturday games just to get people ready for the playoffs. Just kind of tune them up. I never noticed that. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the Patriots at home. Mm-hmm. They just smoked the Bengals. I want to give it to the Pats, but I don't know, man. They played them tough last time. You said they're playing in Foxborough? Yeah, they're playing in Foxborough. 
I don't doubt the Buffalo Bills, and I said I wasn't gonna, you know, pick against them, you know, like they were like they were chumps. But you can't go wrong with picking the Patriots against the Bills um, from a logical standpoint. Doesn't mean that you know the Bills can't win this game. I just think that this is this is the Patriots making sure they got all their, you know, eyes dotted and their T's crossed in that regard. And this is the type of opponent where they can make a good defensive stand because they're not explosive offensively. And because it's in Foxborough, shit always goes in their favor with the referees if it's close. So I'm going to go with uh, the Patriots. And, and that referee thing is exactly why I was picking the Patriots. Yeah, it's, shit is real. It's real, bro. And that brings me to a topic next week, but we gonna I'm going to save that. Okay. I'm going to save it. All right. Okay, Rams at the 49ers. Given the way things went this past week, I think the 49ers are going to come out busting ass. Yeah. Because they know what's on the line. Mm-hmm. And the Rams are basically like, we don't have a shot in hell, so they might not be prepared. And plus, every time y'all play the Rams, y'all end up whooping their ass. Yeah, we kind of give them a little bit of hell. I mean, you know, they ain't giving us hell before and beating us, too. But when we're good, we usually beat them. Um, it's usually the Cardinals that's the team in the division that gives us hell, regardless of how good or bad they are. I mean, Seattle, Seattle. But, I mean, I'm just talking about where record doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Goff has a bruised thumb on his throwing hand. Oh, baby. I don't know who's going to play for us for defense. So I don't want to sit up there and just make it seem like we should walk the dog on those boys. But if we get a couple of our starters back, like let's just say we get three of the that day on five that are injured or two of the five that are injured, in conjunction with him having a bruised thumb, I feel like we can get him. But we're going to get some of their best game, and that's just not from an effort standpoint. That's from a play-calling standpoint because Sean McVay has no choice. He has to win out to even be in contention. So I think it's going to be a really tough game because both teams have something to play for. And I'm just hoping that our offense can abuse their defense. I'm hoping y'all can stop Aaron Donald. I mean, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald's a scary player, but I think the reason why we don't have to worry about him so much is because we're running the ball a lot. Like he wreaks more havoc. He wreaks havoc as a player overall. Like he mm-hmm. can stop the run and stop the pass, but you fear him more so for like his pass rush. Because you can run a lot of misdirection and typically run away from him. You know what I mean? So he's not the one that's scaring me too much. It's going to be interesting to see how we play now that they have Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's definitely changed that back end. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how how he affects this whole game. But I'm not taking them for granted. This is a division game, and we need to come to play. Yeah, I'm picking the Niners. I don't think you're going to give them hell. It's a close game, but it ain't one of them... Even if we would have, you know, regardless of what happened last weekend, I was coming into this like, yo, we play the Rams and the Seahawks? That's fucking dumb. Like, I'd rather play the Cardinals and the Seahawks than the Rams and the Seahawks. Right. Well, we got our first shitty game of the week. What's that, man? We got a shitty game? Oh, we got a couple. Just wait. Come on. We have the Bengals at the Dolphins. Damn, how did that even make the schedule? I don't know, man. Well, I, here it is. This one's easy. 
Is it? Teams are playing for the worst record in the NFL, and they are the Cincinnati Bengals, so I think they're going to lose. So I'm picking the Dolphins. I don't even have an explanation on why I'm picking the Dolphins. I'm just picking the Dolphins at this point. Listen, Cincinnati has proven to you all year that, hey, they trying to get whoever the fuck they want to get. So they've only got one win, and I think that shit was by accident or just so that they didn't go 0-16. So, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine how I would feel being a player on that team, man. It's hey, why it's the hell am I coming to work? It's got to stink worse than being a fan. Because when you're a fan, you have the ability to take that gear off and just say, hey, I'm going to shift my focus somewhere else. When you're a player or on a coaching staff or even a trainer, that's your job. Like, you actually have to put that gear on and go somewhere. Like, got my property in Cincinnati Bengals t-shirt on in my Cincinnati Bengals hoodie. And y'all won in 13. Like, that's your livelihood. Like, if y'all don't win games, you're going home with no paycheck, no job. That's your livelihood. Well, unless you're Marvin Lewis. Uh, yeah. But I'm picking the Dolphins. Same here. Our next shitty game is the Giants at Washington. Man, that's such a regional game for here, man. But the craziest part about it is they have the same record. So they're basically, the winner really loses because they're going to lose a draft position. Right. <clears throat> um, if you, if you, Asking me, I, I ain't using no fucking logic on this. I'm going to pick the Giants because I think Eli Manning is trying to get a win before he gets out of here. And this is the best opportunity to get one. So there, that's it. <laughs> okay. Because I can't justify nothing for the Redskins and I can't justify nothing from them. Well, the Washington won this past week, didn't they? I don't care what they did. They lost. They lost to the Eagles. They almost won. They had the lead, and they blew Oh, it. that's right. They did squander it at the yeah. end. But at the end of the day, it don't even matter, because we're talking about two, three, and ten teams. You can't predict that shit. Some, I don't know why, but something in me is like, pick Washington. Pick them, man. You ain't wrong. You ain't no wronger than me. They, they <laughs> listen, bro. Both of these teams are equal ass, bro. But they are. I've never seen a division this bad, man. My God. We think about it, man. We done this podcast for twenty episodes. Yes, and of course that dad going like seventeen episodes. These boys been ass. Like three wins apiece. That's it. That's all you got. And and like the top team in that division has seven wins, yo. In a bye week. So not only did that not only have we seen these fools. For the whole 17, well, almost the whole 17 weeks. It's like, nah, that's it. Three wins. Nope. Don't matter who you pick. I pick the Giants. I'm picking Washington. Whoever wins that one would be a fucking crapshoot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Panthers at the Colts. This one is a hard one to call because the Colts are kind of on the outside looking in and the Panthers really don't have a shot at anything. Yeah, it's so, just, I don't know. They just trying to put up numbers. That's mm. Colts look mighty ass on Monday night. It's them hard pressed to pick them for anything. But then again, they played a high powered offense. They don't have the defense to withstand that. Man, listen, that seven was fake. I was looking at that game last night, and that shit said thirty four nothing with like three <laughs> minutes left to go in the game. They got their ass smoked. He did, man. And they look horrible. They had Jacoby looking crazy, too. 
Kobe was looking super crazy. You can't stop Drew Brees. All right, cool. I would like to see you stop Christian McCaffrey. Free Christian McCaffrey, man. Nah, don't free him. Nah, free him, yo, because they going to kill that dude. Nah, they don't need Cam, remember? They got Kyle Allen and shit. Oh, they about to be kissing Cam ass come uh, Boy, January. Don't, don't you know it? Cam about to get an extension or some shit. He about to get paid big bucks. Gangsta bonus. <laughs> something, <laughs> something fly. See, his dad, he going to be in Chicago. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm picking the Colts. Mm, all right. Going against the grain. I'm done with the Colts. Okay. So you picking the Panthers. All right. Yeah, I'm, Simple done. Enough. I'm just done with them. Don't nothing about them say, oh, okay, they're good. Yeah, man, respect to Jacoby, but that's it, man. Nah. That's it. They in the AFC. There's no reason for me to give them any extra props. Nah, man, we're good. All right, so we got Lamar versus Baker. Hey, Baker about to take this shit. You think so? <laughs> Nah, they beat him earlier this season. I think it's going to be a harder game than uh, people expect. And I think they have the talent to give them some problems. But I believe that the Ravens are going to come out and, and, you know, try to put this one to bed so that they can be one step closer to solidifying the number one seed. So I'm going to Baltimore. I feel like the Ravens are going to come out, smack them in the mouth so they can rest the last week of the season. I mean that's that, I mean it, it seems cool, but it's tough though. No, it's definitely tough. Tough task. I just feel that the way it's gonna go. It's a tough task because everybody expects that. It's kind of like the same situation we had when we're playing y'all. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they have talent that you have to respect and you have to put your chin strap on and you know get your pads on and go play football. Like it ain't no easy win, even no matter what the record is. Somebody got to be out there checking Jarvis Landry. That shit ain't easy. Somebody got to be stopping Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Shit ain't easy. Right. But I'm picking the Ravens. I'm picking the Ravens, too. Like I said at the beginning of the season, beginning of this podcast, Browns are trash. They're going to be trash. And my prediction came true. So, there it is. I mean, you called that. You called that, right? All right. Saints at the Titans. Given the uh, same situation, I think they're going to come out and try to smoke the Titans. But they're at the Titans, though? They are. Man, that's outdoors, man. And it's in the winter. Saints don't play well outdoors, man. And Tennessee is a weird place to play. Very weird. It's not the South, but it's not the North. That ain't no easy game, bro. It's not. That's In fact, that's a really tough game for them. And you have to deal with Derrick Henry, and they're not good at stopping the run. Yeah, because you coming off of the expectations of beating the Colts the way you did in the Superdome, and everybody's so used to you playing these games here recently in the Dome, and now you got to go outside, play in the cold, on the grass. And I just doubt that they're going to be as explosive. And like you said, it's hard to start the run, and Derrick Henry is one of those guys that as the season progresses, he's a late-season uh, beast. Like Every year at the end of the season is when he starts getting off. And then another wrinkle in it is that the tight the tight uh te- I can't talk now. <laughs> the Titans are fighting for a playoff spot. Exactly. Exactly. So they're gonna bring their A game. Yeah, both teams got something to play for for sure. Uh, I can't discount that Saints offense though. I mean, I respect it. 
I respect it. But I mean, that ain't no easy game to pick. It's not. Yeah, I'm gonna roll with the Saints because that's the logical thing to pick. Like, you know, if it if if I pick the Titans and then the Saints blow them out, it's like, well, you know, it is the Saints. But if I pick the Saints, you know, it it is what it is. I, I do respect the fact that the Titans are playing at home and it's outdoors. I mean, I pick the Saints to win, but if they they lose, I won't be mad at this. I'll be glad actually. I won't be mad either. <laughs> <laughs> It'll definitely help you out. Damn right. All right, Steelers at the Jets. Steelers are fighting for their playoff lives. Lord have mercy. Man, Steelers, because the Jets ain't giving me nothing to feel like, oh, oh, well, damn, but Le'Veon's going back to play Pittsburgh. They're actually playing in New York. No, so. but I'm saying he's playing. Yeah. Not going yeah. back. He's playing Pittsburgh. He's playing his old team. He's going to be motivated. It's going to be a crazy game because he can definitely make the difference considering, you know, they don't have premium quarterback play over there in Pittsburgh. Yes, I'm going to pick Pittsburgh because they're fighting for something and Tomlin's going to have them prepared, but I think the Jets might play a good game. I think Le'Veon's going to go off, but I'm still picking the Steelers. Yeah, but see, Le'Veon going off could fuck shit up. But yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm still picking the Steelers, though. Lions at the Broncos. The Let's get in the Broncos only put up three points this past week. The hell is this? <laughs> This is the most ass game. Forget the, the Redskins, Giants, so the damn uh, whoever the Dolphins played, the Bengals. Nah, this one right here. This one's booty. I think the Dolphins, Bengals are a little worse, bro. Not gonna lie. You might be right, but it's something about the Broncos that's always been hella boring to me. And then the Lions without Matt Stafford is just like the Broncos. So that's booty. <laughs> I really feel bad for Von Miller, man, because this is like, yo, he's just there. He still play for them? Nah, like. <laughs> right. It's like, yo, get him out of there. That's what it looks like. It definitely looks that way. Hey, man, Bradley, like, get them out of there, man. Man, I don't know who the fuck to pick. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm picking the Broncos just because they're at home and it's hard to play in that, that atmosphere. Well, I was just about to ask you, are they playing in Denver? Because if they are, that's who I'm picking. So That's you, the only reason I'm picking Denver, because they're playing in Denver, yo. Yeah, you took the reason right out of me, man. Pause. Like, that's it. That's the reason. <laughs> they got to play in that high-ass altitude, and it's going to be cold. So Exactly. I'm going to go with them. Broncos. All right. The Vegas Raiders at the L.A. Chargers. Oh, Two trash teams. Division hate. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I don't trust Philip Rivers, man. Every time I pick this dude, he fucking blow it for me. So I'm going with the Raiders. Yeah, he's a weird dude to, like, try to guess what's going to happen. Their team is. I'm going with the Raiders, too. No, why? Is the Raiders going to fuck around and get their ass blown out? It's always a possibility, but there's a division rivalry right there. It's a hatred for them. This ain't no sneak oh. game. They hate the Chargers. Cardinals at the Seahawks. This one is tough for me because, Sheesh. as you said, the Cardinals always play tough. Sheesh. That's not a game I would want to play if I'm Seattle, but we in the same predicament. So yeah. I'm going to pick Seattle because Seattle has something to play for. And for them to lose to the Cardinals, would really like it would really screw them in the division, too. So It would. You know. I got a feeling they'll be able to pull this one out, you know, but 
Cardinals got the weapons. They do. I respect Kyler Murray, man. Yeah, Kyler Murray's doing his thing, man. It's you know they got they got some weapons, man. I want to be a contrarian and pick the Cardinals, but I'm not stupid. The, the Seahawks are playing at home. Yeah, Kenyon Drake ran for four touchdowns last week. He gave the 49ers hell when they play. I'm pretty sure he's gonna get them Seahawks on hell. They gonna have to watch out for Kenyon Drake. That's my that's my alert. You know what's crazy? It's like everybody that breaks out in Miami is doing decent. Man, because they got a second chance at life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You playing for you playing in football purgatory or football hell, and then they trade you. You don't give a damn where you going. Like that's crazy. You play in Miami, but you don't want to be there. Exactly. That's wild. Exactly. All right, Chiefs at the Bears. This is gonna be a tough game for the Chiefs. Yeah, because they're at Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're gonna see, man. I mean, their defense is gonna have to be hella doodle, and they picked up Suggs off waivers. You know, they yeah. gotta be hella doodle not to be able to stop Trubisky. We can stop Trubisky. Ooh. Right now. Yeah. So And they have um, nothing else. Like their offense is just like out there. I think that uh I think that weather is gonna be crazy, so I I I feel like it's probably gonna be pretty cold. But it gets cold in Kansas City too, so that's what's gonna make me take Kansas City. Yeah, they just played in snow last week, so yeah. I'm taking the Chiefs. They just have the better all-around team. Indeed. So, last game of the week is going to be a doozy. Mm-hmm. It's the Packers at the Vikings. Mm-hmm. That's a damn good Monday night game, bro. Yeah, it is. Damn good Monday night game. Fighting for the division? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. We missed the game, bro. Who we missed? We had to miss the Eagles and uh, Cowboys. Oh, shit. Yeah, we had to miss that. My bad. Yeah, because those are the two games. Those are the two main ones, bro. That's my bad. Damn. You good? <laughs> oh, that's how much I hate that division. I ain't even think about them. Yeah, because we talked about the goddamn Giants and Redskins and they talk about the Eagles and Cowboys. That's crazy. So Are they playing in Philly or are they playing in Dallas? They're playing in Philly. Okay. Yeah. It's a tough game, man, but this is how I look at it, man. The way it shakes out to me is Dallas has more talent. And Dallas is the one that can put a complete game together. And in order for Philly to win this game, Dallas has to not show up, and Philly has to play good ball. So with that said, even though they're playing in Philadelphia, I'm going to pick the Cowboys as the logical pick. It doesn't mean they're going to win. It doesn't even mean that I'm pulling for them to win. If I'm just looking at the requisite weapons, Carson Wentz has been depleted to pretty much just having some running backs and tight ends versus Dak Prescott having a weapon on every at every position. He's got a running back. He's got a red zone tight end in Witten, and he's got receivers. So I'm going to go with that. And I'm just looking at this Eagles team like, you have Nelson Aguilar who can't catch chicken pox. Right. You have a non-existent run game. It's basically the Philadelphia Ertzes at this point. Ertz and Goddard. That's Miles pretty much Sanders it. Playing decently. 
You know what I'm saying? But he's a rookie, so. And I don't trust Carson Wentz when it comes to big games. I've seen him in big games before, and he's folded. And that's key. So, much like you, I'm picking the Cowboys. Even though they don't win, I really wouldn't care, but I tend to believe they're better suited for this type of game. Yep, and I'm laughing if they don't win. Oh, I'm definitely laughing. Hey. Okay, back to the other game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we have the best game of the weekend, but right. you know, the most intriguing games were those two games. Um, it's a fight for the division, bro. It's, uh, if you ask me talent-wise who could win this game, I would go with the Vikings. I would say that they have more people at the skill positions, their quarterback is competent, and Mike Zimmer knows how to play against the Packers. You know? Right. But with all of that said, Aaron Rodgers has a certain type of magic uh, against teams that he can kind of own, you know what I mean? And this just seems like the perfect storm for him to put his stamp to go into the playoffs looking like, hey, I'm Aaron Rodgers. So I expect him to have an Aaron Rodgers-type game. Okay. And Kirk Cousins may not rise to the occasion, not because I think he's going to fold under pressure as much as I don't think he'll be able to match him. So I'm picking the Packers. Okay, well, I'm going to use your theory against you as Minnesota's playing at home. And when Minnesota plays at home, they barely lose. You're right. You're right. That is that is my normal take. Mm-hmm. If Minnesota's playing at home, don't go against Minnesota. And then Minnesota's fighting for the division. You know Kirk Cousins is going to have a chip on his shoulder because they're still like, oh, we don't believe in you, Kirk. Can you really play in big games? Well, this is his opportunity to show out. And I think he's going to show out. And then what happens? He he normally bums it up, not going to lie. And and that's the problem. That's the problem. But he's shown me a little bit different this season. He hasn't bummed it up as much. And that's the thing. I don't think he's going to bum it up as much as I don't think he's going to be able to rise to the occasion. I think Aaron Rodgers is coming out here for Aaron Rodgers' game of, like, high 300s or maybe 400 yards and three to four touchdowns. He's coming to play. I trust the Vikings defense, though. I don't trust Packers defense. I trust the Vikings defense when you're talking about their line and their linebackers. They're secondary doo-doo. They're the secondary suspect. And that's the problem. But if Aaron has no time to throw the ball, then you could kind of match that. He's got enough footwork to make it happen. True. The pass rush is going to have to be there for him to lose this game. I'm not saying he can't lose this game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it. I'm like, it's an impossible standpoint. My mm-hmm. thing is, if he can run around and get away from goddamn going Everson Griffin and all them boys, you know what I mean? Like, hey, it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a hard day for those uh, cornerbacks for Minnesota. Well, I'm picking Minnesota. I think they're going to they're gonna put it off. Pull it off. I, I respect that pick. I definitely could be wrong. There's more gut than anything else. You know what I'm saying? Gut in the matchup. There's I'm not looking forward to a couple of these games, though. Can't lie. Oh, yeah, nah. That's a good week for football, bro. Definitely. Finally. Definitely a good week because you, you got it on every level. You got some good games on Saturday. And then when Sunday comes, even though you got some bum games, you got that cool Cowboys-Eagles scenario. And then right. Monday night, they finish off strong. So, good, good week for football. 
All right, bro. I don't have anything else to talk about. Well, I do have a lot more to talk about, but not this episode. Hey, I totally understand, brother. It's been, so, a good one. it's been a good one. I appreciate you, bro. For sure, man. Same here. I appreciate you, too. I appreciate everybody that takes time out to listen to us, stream yeah. us, all that stuff. We definitely appreciate that, man. It means a lot to us. Most definitely. You can find us on Instagram at the Gridiron Guys Podcast. Like, share, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, hit the comment section if you don't agree with us. You know, whatever. For sure. We're open to it. Damn right. That's what we want to hear. So, this has been another episode. I am your boy, Sean Pesos. And I'm your boy, Russ Digi. Till next week, y'all. Be blessed. Peace.